0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Uplevel Your Career with Judson and Jerome podcast. I'm Jerome Emhoff, and I'm really pleased to welcome you to our conversation today. I'm a career coach and resume writer with a 10-year practice, and um, I work with uh, clients who are looking for an edge in the job market. Uh, today's podcast is really interesting, and I'm looking forward to uh, to getting this started. Before we begin, however, I just want to remind all of our listeners that this is a very Low-tech, very uh, kind of grassroots podcast that Judson and I actually record from our homes, and so you're likely to hear noises from our, you know, just the, the regular background noise of a household, of a neighborhood, a busy street, and so uh, hopefully the information we're providing is of value, and that's our goal today. So with that, I'll turn over the program to Judson, and he will introduce our, uh, our guest speaker today.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Jerome. Good afternoon, everybody. Good morning, wherever you happen to be. So glad that you're with us today. As Jerome mentioned, we have a wonderful podcast today. And this is um, the, the very nature of it is marketing. And we're going to be talking a little bit um, about how, how your job search is, is like a marketing campaign. And we do have a guest speaker who is a, a specialist in marketing. And we've known our speaker for quite some time here. I will introduce her here uh, now. Um, Janet Beach is the owner of U.S. Marketing Services, a company based in San Francisco. It's a business strategy and consulting company. And I have known Janet through what's called the Job Forum in, in San Francisco, which is housed in the San Francisco Chamber of Commerce offices, office building, I should say. And Janet has been involved for almost 40 years now. Unbelievable work that you've done, Janet. You really have. And today, we're going to be collectively talking about your job search and how is it like a marketing campaign. And with Janet's specialty of of marketing for the past 30-plus years, We're going to tap into her knowledge and talk about how this job search is indeed like a marketing campaign. Now, you may not be a marketing person. If you are, you may have a leg up. But even if you're not a marketing person, you are a salesperson. Every single one of us is a salesperson, especially in the job search. So listen through that um, lens, if you will, pardon the mixed analogy. But that's what we're going to be talking about today. And Janet, I want to go ahead and thank you for being with us today. It was It's such a pleasure to have you with us here, um, knowing what you know and knowing how you've helped people through the job forum through all these years and bringing your knowledge of marketing into this conversation. We appreciate you being here. Janet Beach, thank you so much. Take it away.
2: Thanks, Judd. Thanks, Jerome. I think the marketing of you and your job search as a marketing campaign is a great topic. And it probably sounds more complicated and uh, hard to do than it really is. So maybe we should talk first about how do you put on your marketing hat when you're looking for a job. I think the key is, number one, to be other-oriented. And what I mean by that is to focus on your customer. In this case, Your customer is the hiring manager and the company that you're trying to get a job in. And number two, it's a question of focus. You're trying to sell your product, and in this case, you are the product. So I think as we talk about the marketing of you, the point is we're going to come back to the theme of being other-oriented, talking more in terms of what they are looking for, and framing what you and your value can bring in terms of what they want and need. And secondly, as I said, focusing. Focus, focus, and find a connection.
0: It's really interesting that you mentioned being other-oriented because I think all too often uh, job seekers are really focused um, on what they want, what they hope to gain in in the job search, Uh, you know, how they can further their their career. And I remember back in the day when the resume opened with an objective, which was really focused on what you wanted. Um, And I think flipping that and thinking about what you can offer a company um, is just really valuable, a really valuable mindset um, just to start with. So thank you for mentioning that, um, Janet. Uh,
2: I think also – there are some really simple things that you can do. And I'm sure Judson and I'm sure Jerome, you, you tell your listeners things like this. But in order to simplify it, I might think about um, overcoming one's uh, fear of marketing oneself. You know, I'm not sure what I can do to actually do this marketing of myself. So let's think about, Um, You know how at a gathering people ask you, well, 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 what do you do? (laughs) So if we're being other-oriented, let's um, think about what they mean by that question. They're looking for two things. One, they want to find an overall connection with you and have a conversation of mutual interest. And two, because people pay attention to what you do. So you're at a gathering and somebody says, well, what do you do? This is a perfect time for you to use being other-oriented and a perfect time for you to focus. Now, one of the reasons this is hard, I think, for job hunters is they've been busy looking for a job, so they haven't been doing as many things they're proud to talk about so, um, because looking for a job is really hard. So I think one way to market yourself better is simply to do more so you can talk better in more interest about what you are doing. So therefore, you're ready to tell people something of interest that you did or you are doing. So let's assume you're looking for a job. What are some of the points about what you're doing that you can talk about that will be other-oriented, in other words, demonstrate what you're actively engaged in that matters, and that you're a doer? Let's brainstorm some things that you could say. So just to give us some examples of being marketing-ish in this way, you could say something like, well, I want a job in technology, so I just added a new certification, yada, yada, yada. Or you could say, "Um, I'm looking for a job right now in tech, and I'm sure they're going to interview me virtually, so I just redid my workspace to make it better represent my work when I'm on Zoom and I decided I'd better go from showing myself at home <laughs> to showing a clean workspace. That sounds interesting, right? It's very timely. Or you could say, I want to advance my career in tech, so I just volunteered with a nonprofit that needs tech support, and it happens to be with one of those STEM education groups. Or you could say, I want to move ahead in my tech career, so I just joined a meetup group that focuses on agile training. So my point here is there's plenty of actions you can take and activities that you can do that then magically add to the picture of what you're doing. And I think it's really important to be a doer nowadays in order to get a job.
0: That's brilliant. Really brilliant. Thank you.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and I think part of what you're saying too, Janet, is that you know, these these extracurricular activities, for lack of a better term, are what give you fodder for conversation. And people are looking to learn more about that, for example. With the Zoom example, you know, most all of us have Zoomed and or are Zooming on a regular basis. And if if that is mentioned, someone might say, you know, that's what I've been thinking about doing too. And they can just, you know, branch off into a number of different uh, areas of conversation. I think it's great.
2: Yeah, and you get to show your focus. I mean, I gave you all examples of looking for a job in tech, but you, I hope everybody can see you could do something similar if you were looking for a job in communications or social media or sales or uh, operations. Now, speaking of volunteering, which you just did, said, there's so many ways you can volunteer as a means to market yourself while also giving real genuine help to others. So... You can be volunteering while you meet people. You could be volunteering while you add skills. You could be volunteering to get yourself to feel energized and more great, especially if you're feeling down and your job search is discouraging. You could be volunteering while you practice your listening skills and you build up your, what I call your listening muscles, and you'll meet and interact with new people. And then of course, you can then talk about your volunteer accomplishments and at the same time you can mention the marketing points you want to make about yourself. Like you could say, I taught high school kids the concepts of Agile and I encouraged them to apply it in their study teams, something like that.
1: Yeah. And you know, um, yeah. the one thing that really resonated with me and what you just said, Janet, was in terms of staying upbeat on your job search, you know, that could be a podcast in and of itself. But it can be a very discouraging time because it's wrought with rejection a lot of times. But if you can get involved volunteering and you're starting to feel productive, you're interacting with people, it just, you know, it, it gets your juices flowing and, and it maybe takes your mind off of a, a job search that isn't going so well and it allows you to focus on the things that you are and do do well whether it be marketing or whatever. Uh, but I think it's That's such an important psychological component to the job search because we know that when you come to the table, um, you know, if you're down and out, you know, whether you're in-person marketing or virtual or what, what have you, it will surface. And so you just, right. you know, you've got you to be very careful of that. Jerome?
2: Well and don't you agree Jerome that people are getting so isolated that uh with even if they're zooming they might not be you know kind of seeing enough new people so it's um if they're zooming with their work team and it or right. their or their church team or their um I don't know scout group or their children's whatever it's not the same as branching out and do, doing something new don't you think
0: Yeah absolutely absolutely I think um you know I think during this time where we're, we're all sort of social distancing still, um, I think it's important to try to uh, leverage tools to like LinkedIn or different places to, to expand your network and find ways to connect with new people. Um, and the other thought I had, which just maybe taking this in a little bit of a different direction, um, but overarchingly, I think what's important is to stay relevant too. Um, and so even if you're not in a, a traditional workplace um, currently because you're looking for a job and maybe you're volunteering and doing whatever, to be, to keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on in your industry so that you know which courses to take, which meetup groups to, to join, and, and what's sort of happening, especially in tech, which was your example, because things happen so rapidly in the tech industry. Um, well, and I if,
2: think you're making a really good point here. And, One of the things that I think is often not thought about um, when you're marketing yourself and your job search um, really is a marketing campaign is the importance of refreshing your self-assessment. And I think you just touched on that. Um, Even advanced managers who have been working in a particular field have to constantly return to refresh their self-assessment, you know, it's kind of their product, right? And right. I talked about the importance of focus. The world changes rapidly, not just in the tech industry, but everything. And so, one has to describe one's skills in today's language and terms. Um, you have to also change too.
0: <laughs> right. So you
2: have to describe your work in a way that aligns. Not just with your own values, but also with the workplace that you're targeting. And we talked about being other oriented. So, this combination of other oriented and focus can be brought to bear in a refresh of your self assessment. So, your target audience may have changed a bit. Um, You may want, in thinking about what you really enjoy about what you do and what you really bring value to, you might need to refresh your so-called elevator pitch, which um, Judson always talks about as the product. You know, you're describing your product. An elevator pitch is a summary about what's brilliant about you, and it has to be concise and to the point, but communicate interesting facts about your skills. And you have to, my point is, you have to make sure you know what matters in your specialty nowadays or where you're targeting for work. And that way you can say what makes you unique and valuable, but it will be in a way that focuses on and resonates with what the other, the target hiring manager, wants.
1: Yep. So um, one thing that I want to just kind of shift gears just a little bit here, maybe get us back on our original track here. We're talking about marketing campaign in your job search. And if we take the four core principles of marketing, the four P's as they're known, the product, the price, the place, and the promotion, we're trying to give examples of each. We've gone into the product here. Is there anything else that we want to say, Janet or Jerome, around the product before we go into the price analogy?
0: So one of the things that I coach my clients on with respect to product, and, and this really kind of focuses more on how to leverage a job interview. But it's, I, I coach my clients that during their, their job interview, and I think as you're networking and doing other things as well, um, to focus on what I call the three keys. And those keys are uh, your knowledge, skills, and abilities – or KSAs, as they're often referred to in human resources speak. Um, so these are, you know, the knowledge, your knowledge base, your educational background, whatever skills you've picked up over the years, uh, whether they be technical skills or uh, management skills, whatever, and then your abilities, which I think sort of focus, focus more on um, soft skills in some ways, your communication style, your your leadership ability, your um, creativity, uh, so to be able to talk about that. And then uh, the second is your record of success. And I think uh, Janet will be talking later about how you um, can offer proof um, of, of, your, um, of your accomplishments and that nature, things of that nature. But it's important to sort of have a take stock of what you've done in your career in terms of uh, accomplishments and achievements. And then lastly, your work ethic, uh, which is a lot about personal branding and how uh, you want to be seen as a person of integrity who shows up on time, who does what they say they're going to do, who meets deadlines. So, as you're developing this notion of product, and you know, to take stock of, of those three keys, I think can be
1: really important. Mm-hmm. Very good, Janice, those Did you are, have any extra comments on that?
2: Yes, th- those are great, and I entirely endorse those. You know, one of the things we do at my company, U.S. Marketing Services, is we first identify what is the ideal brand in a space? So what are the drivers of the ideal brand or the product or the solution or the service? What does the customer really want ideally? And you know, in a software product that could be 200 different attributes, but nobody buys something based on 200 attributes. There's usually a handful, right? Five to seven attributes that really drive the sale. I think it's similar in the marketing of you and your job search um, as a marketing campaign. You're going to hit the target better when you're other-oriented about the way you present your product. So you wanna understand what matters in banking now or what matters in corporate finance and accounting or whatever happens to be your industry, healthcare, digital healthcare, what's what are the attributes that people are really going to be seeking in someone who's gonna to come to work in your industry. And then you map your values and your personal brand to those things and you Pick out the knowledge, the skills, the abilities, as Jerome was talking about, that map to what they want and your attributes about your record of success and, of course, the characteristics that make up Um, I always think of the work ethic characteristics or the things your mother always told you to do, your parents told you to do, that Jerome just mentioned. Show up on time, be reliable, be a problem solver, be proactive, you know, make your bed, whatever. So (laughs) that combination of things um, makes up your product, but you want to make sure that it matches what you've understood, they want and need over there at the company that you're trying to join, and because after all, you're trying to solve your product is designed to solve a problem for them, right? You're trying to present you, your product, you, um, as somebody they need to get going and be on the team and solve problems. Um, and Judson, you had mentioned um, product placement when we were thinking about this uh, podcast, and I think. Product placement is another issue, the, the, the idea of the embedded marketing concept, You know how they put Coca-Cola in the television show front and center or whatever. So I think another thing about product is you can get your product uh, to be embedded in places where your target customer or your industry decision makers show up, whether it's on social media and Twitter where you're commenting on other people or following them, or whether you're joining a certain group um, in LinkedIn. So for example, if I'm trying to work in market research or I'm trying to work in digital health, there are groups I can join um, that make me a player, and I can start commenting, and um, therefore, I'm embedding my product, (laughs) if you will.
0: Well, and that's just a brilliant way of setting yourself up as a subject matter expert is, you know, by contributing to those conversations. And I think all too often people, they have a, a LinkedIn profile, you know, because everyone knows we should be on LinkedIn, but we really don't know how to use it. And so we don't, or we're on Twitter and we're maybe following, uh, you know, certain people on Twitter, but we're not, uh, we're not really part of the conversation and, Again, it this goes back to personal branding and putting yourself out there and sharing what you know um, and in fact, I have a, a client that I work with when I first started my coaching practice. My very first uh, client was uh, a young man who had studied at um, studied in washington d c and was really interested in politics that was He loved politics and he was all over Twitter uh, sharing video and different content he had developed and he followed somebody at the Nation magazine, and they followed him back. And so, you know, there was obviously something he was sharing was of interest to this person. And he learned about a uh, an internship at the Nation magazine that he really wanted. He direct messaged the his contact at um, at the Nation magazine. Didn't mention the internship, but just sort of started a conversation. And they decided to meet for coffee. And at that coffee, he mentioned the internship that he wanted. And this gentleman said, hey, let me introduce you to the person who's in charge of that. And lo and behold, he ended up uh, getting the internship and working at the nation for a number of years. Um, So it's just a prime example of how being active on that social media platform can can be helpful and embedding yourself in the conversation, as you were saying.
1: Yep, absolutely. And and one thing I want to just kind of circle back with uh, in terms of what Janet said earlier, there's a a number of uh, related topics, but is, is the, the the focus component. Janet, you had mentioned that people are oftentimes hired to solve problems, and, and that we know. And I think that when you focus and you have a target list of companies that's manageable, not 100 companies, but maybe start with five or 10, you're able to dedicate the time necessary to do the research needed to really understand what are those challenges and what are the problems, And how can you be a problem solver or a solution? And you know, another way of talking about that is a needs analysis. And however you want to look at it, it's such an important component uh, to the whole job search and positioning of yourself of I can help you get you where you want to go. And I think that if we – that goes back to what we said at the very beginning, being others-focused. So all these things, oftentimes, they do tie together – they're, they're, they're rarely isolated. Um, they're usually connected. So anyway, um, as it relates to um, the four Ps here, let's move into um, we've gone from product. Now we're going to go into price a little bit and talk about salary and total compensation. As it relates to the job search, um, Janet, you want to talk a little bit about um, the, the price
2: Yes, certainly. Uh, of course, it does uh, you a world of good to feel confident about uh, what is being paid for the kind of work you do before you're in a situation where you're ever going to be discussing that. So there are a number of resources to use to just to be up to speed on what you can expect at the level of job that you're looking for. And uh, you want to make the point when you're talking to people in your targeted industry that you're going to bring a lot of value and that your interest in working there is, first of all, to solve problems and, second of all, to be compensated in a fair and marvelous fashion. One of the sentences I personally have used is, money is very important to me, of course, but It's only a means of demonstrating my value, and it's kind of a report card on how I'm doing. And what I'm more interested in is making contributions and growing the company or growing the team. So uh, you can adapt your own way of talking about your salary and your compensation that manages to convey the characteristics about yourself that you want to communicate as well as signaling that, of course, you respect yourself and expect to be paid appropriately. There are plenty of websites where you can learn about uh, pay, like Glassdoor is a great one to go to, um, to just to get a range. And I think it's far more important first to spend your time understanding the culture of the company you're targeting and maybe the life-work balance and the energy level there, and then figure out what, you know, the compensation.
0: I'm sort of feeling a common thread here. (laughs) And I'm I'm remembering um, uh, a conversation that I recently was a part of. I'm I'm actually doing um, a a training course for coaches, and it's all around marketing uh, your business. And one of the things that the – the leader of the square said, "Is that marketing is inserting yourself into a conversation that your customers already having with themselves, and That's a great
2: as line.
0: yeah, and as you're talking about all of these things, uh, you know, you're the product and being a, a problem solver, and, and I think it's really, at least for my for my standpoint, and as I'm working with clients, I think one of the things that I need to now tell them is." You know you identify your list of companies and you understand what they're what they 're looking for how you 're a solution to whatever problems they're having and then everything every everything you put out there has to sort of be a part of that conversation, whether it 's your resume or your linkedin profile or or your elevator pitch, what you say in the interview it all has to sort of circle back to. Uh, that unified branding message. Mm-hmm. And if you're off message, then you take somebody to a different place. And so I, I don't think that... I, I'm glad we're having this conversation because I think all too often job seekers aren't focused enough. They don't think about it as a marketing campaign. And they're sort of... Uh, I've seen resumes in my work where um, there isn't a cohesive message. And it's sort of like what the uh, the candidate is putting out there is sort of everything but the kitchen sink, and I liken it to throwing spaghetti against the wall to see what's gonna, going to stick. And so if there's no message, then the employer doesn't know who you right. are, what you want to do.
2: That's right. Uh, and Judson was talking about the importance of targeting, which is the third P, place. You know, there's product, price, placement, and mm-hmm. promotion. And that... Um, what you're what you're bringing up to Rome, I think Judson really brings us to place, doesn't it?
1: Indeed, it does. Uh, I, I I can't tell you the number of times I've talked to people who are looking for a job of some sort, and I say, well, what are you looking for? And they're so broad and so vague, and they're like, oh, I can work anywhere. And I think to myself, well, gee, if you can work anywhere, how do you start that job search? And, you know, yeah. where do you draw and, the line? And, it's just so and why vague. Why would I and, want
2: you, if I'm a hiring manager, why would I want you if you were really not that interested in us?
0: Yeah, thank you right. for saying that, because I think that's the other piece of this, right? It's like, I I need a job, any job, I'll take anything. Well, I don't want that employee.
2: Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Well, and so speaking of place and targeting, um, I know you guys tell your uh job hunters all the time that an effective job search is a lot easier to accomplish if you make a plan and follow it. And job search can really become quickly very overwhelming if you let yourself redecide everything all over again every day. Like, what am I doing today? Oh, I'll send my unsolicited resume to these uh, job boards. <laughs> so when you're looking for a job, you have to constantly renew your focus. You're constantly learning about your own values and goals, you're learning about what your marketplace wants and how you can be the ideal candidate, as I said earlier. And then you need to make that plan, You know the placement, target audience plan. Make a plan that includes, um, for example, your two top priority job titles, maybe the three Industries, put, it, put them into rank order based on your interest or the likelihood of you being hired there. And maybe you identify five to 10 companies you want to pursue and consider. And my suggestion on placement and targeting is you let yourself identify your first choices and then you work really hard to either keep them on the list as your first choices because you're likely to succeed there or you remove them and replace them as you find out information, some of the information you might find out is, well, they're they're in a hiring freeze; they're not hiring right now, or they're all it's a company of twenty-two year olds, and the probability of their hiring you at forty is slim and none, or the work-life balance is zero, and you're not going to be able to juggle everything in your life, or whatever it happens to be that makes you. Um, understand that what you might have put down as a target needs to be replaced with a better target. So it's an iterative process, and this placement and targeting process um, is absolutely fundamental to being successful in a job search because you can't be targeted, you can't be focused, and you can't be other-oriented if you're trying to be everything to everybody. And the person who loses out on you is
1: you. Right. Yep, and, and I think, you know, the balance in that one here, and I think we should talk about it, is that there, there's two extremes. One is I could work anywhere, and the other one is I could work at this company and there's only two companies in the entire country that do this. Now, you know, you're un- that's unfortunate if that's the case, but at the same time, um, I think that if we can find a balance in there, it's going to be very helpful for us um, to have a, a healthy focus uh, and, and balance in the whole process. Great and I think point. that, you know, one perfect of the...
2: Perfect th- dreams. Great point.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, really as far as your target audience and the needs analysis, what are the problems they're facing? One of the things that you can do once you've identified your target companies is, you know, follow them on social media. And any other ideas that either of you have but to to get feeds, they used to call them RSS feeds. Um, uh, yeah. Now they're called now they're called Google Alerts, um, and there's others, I'm sure. But I think that the more that you, the more information you can get about your target market, your audience, if you will, the better you can tailor your your messaging, whether it's resume, cover letter, conversations, whatever it be. But information is critical to to that branding of you. So when they think of a problem, they're like, oh, we've got to go to Jerome for that, or we need to go to Janet for that. That's, that's really kind of what I'm getting at.
2: And that's really part of the promotion, the fourth P of a marketing campaign, product, price, placement, and promotion. And that promotion needs to be based on the needs analysis. You're absolutely right. So you're promoting yourself with the right content of what they need and in the right places um, to meet them. And you know, I think it, it's important to mention at this juncture that hiring managers are looking to fill openings. And these openings are defined with a job title, a level, and a job description that defines the scope of responsibility. So everybody can help the hiring manager to consider their candidacy by stating their objectives and using specifics, and then they can do the promotion, if you will, uh, across different, as they would say, marketing channels. (laughs) And those Mm -hmm. might be networking is a channel, social media like LinkedIn is a channel, um, the job boards where you can post your resume is another kind of channel, Um, your your resume itself is part of your marketing collateral. Uh, And, of course, doing informational interviews is really an important part of the promotion. Can I just take a little side trip and talk about one of the things that we find people have the hardest time about when we're talking about the big P of promotion? Can I talk a little bit about the challenges of talking about yourself?
0: Please do, because that was my next question, because I... When I do as a resume writer and, and and coaching, I I think like a large percentage of my clients say I'm just not good at self promotion. I don't yeah. I don't know how to do it. I think people, first of all, I think they feel a little bit like they don't want to be boastful, and and a lot of people are just shy. And so yes, it's I think it's a very important topic. So go for it, Janet. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, uh, you know when we say the marketing of you, your job search is a marketing campaign and we focus on the P of promotion. The number one um, promotion method, of course, is networking. And yet it's the hardest one for most people. Um, it provides a perfect opportunity to market yourself but and always be marketing yourself, but it is the one that's pretty daunting, even for a marketing person like me. So um, I think the number one thing you can do is market yourself by asking others what they do first and then make a connection of your experience to theirs. That involves listening, that involves being curious, and it involves being genuine. And building a network is really invaluable. It it gets you links to people and to organizations who may be able to help you find a job, but they'll also help you grow and learn more. It makes life interesting. So instead of thinking about it as a something to fear, um, I think it's something that is going to actually add to your confidence because you've just gotten the chance to actually understand the industry in which you want to work or the company in which you want to work. So it actually is giving you a lot if you look at it through that frame. So you want to be focused on finding net- networks that relate to your targeting, your field or your career interests. You can look at you know, professional societies or meetup groups or LinkedIn groups or alumni groups. And you're always marketing yourself by asking what others do first and then um, connecting your experience to them. Now, the next thing I wanted to mention about it, though, is that And you just said it beautifully, Jerome. People say, you know, I'm really not a self-promoter, right? So let's have a few words on bragging, the difference between bragging versus describing. So that means talking about what you do and what you're good at. People will care more if whatever you say is expressed in terms of your interest and your passion for doing it. So I think it's fine to go ahead and express your emotions. Say what you really like. In my case, I'm a branding person, so I love branding and marketing. I love it. Why do I love it? I love it because I'm curious, and I like new things, and I like new services that are out there. I like new products. I love the field of marketing and branding because marketing people tend to be lifelong learners. So as you notice me talking about that, what I'm describing about why I love the field, I also just shared some indirect characteristics about me, didn't I? I said mm-hmm. um, that's, those are things that are in marketing we call proof points. So if you want somebody to know what you're good at, tell them something that's true about you and express it with some enthusiasm and share a little bit about yourself. Um, share about it in terms of your curiosity, your resolve, your passion those kind of things and it's not so braggy. Another tip is um you can use your colleagues to have said things about you. This is incredibly helpful. You can say something like, "Well, my coworkers say I'm so reliable, they can count on me to get it done. <laughs> um, I guess that means I'm pretty responsible." Or my colleagues said, such a strong work ethic, they know the job is going to get done and get done on time. Or my supervisor told me I was his best product manager ever because I actually listened more than I talked. And that's how I found out the best specs for the product and what you know, needed to be in there. And that really made me happy since I really do want to scope every project by getting the right input or something like that. So you can use so, that phrase. My coworkers, my supervisor, my project team tell me.
1: Yeah. So using marketing terminology, Janet, is that a third-party endorsement? Is that?
2: It sure what it's is. <laughs> it's yeah. sure is. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. All right. And Timonial. it
2: makes it so much easier to talk about yourself in a way that doesn't feel so braggy and obnoxious and. I would say this is important, particularly for women, because there's much less freedom for women to say anything great about themselves. Um, That's just not considered to be as appropriate for women. So you've got to find other ways, and using the third-party endorsement, as Judson mentions, and saying, so-and-so said, or the feedback I got... Is or I'm really proud that after this I heard, you know. So it's somebody else is um, tooting your horn, and you're not bragging. You're just talking about how great that is.
1: Well, yeah, let me let me share I, with I, you I, very quickly um, one thing that, that happened to me not too long ago. I was talking to somebody about um, my own background in job, uh, you know, coaching and 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 all that, and I had shared at one point in the conversation that I had, because of my background, I had started a, a career ministry within my church. And she said, oh, you know, I did something very similar and, and for similar reasons. And it was just something that, you know, I was really proud of it uh, in the sense that I was there. I was able to help people and, and, and get them through uh, a job search and give them tips and suggestions. And that's what we're doing here today. But it was just because of that and, and that's so in, innate in me that it just came out and she resonated with it and, she, you know, the ideal response is, oh, me too, you know, type thing. And, you know, I wasn't trying to brag. I was just, you know, it was incidental to the point, but it brought up a whole new point uh, of, of connection. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and I, I keep coming back to my favorite word. If people listen to the podcast, they, they know I say organic all the time, but this is really organic. It's sort of naturally talking about what's important to you, what you have passion about in, in a really authentic way. And it's funny to me because, again, as a career coach, I do mock interviews. And so I'll be having a conversation just like we are right now. You know, and I love your example, uh, Janet, of how you talk about branding and, and, and why, why that's important to you and the types of people who are interested in that are lifelong learners and all, all of that's really great because it's so organic for you. And when I'm doing these mock interviews, we'll be having a conversation and I'm, okay, let's start. I ask my first question and all of a sudden, this person who I've just been having a conversation with becomes somebody completely different. And they start answering questions in a way that aren't even conversational. It's not how they would normally speak. And I think all too often, job seekers think that, oh, to get a job, I have to suddenly play this game. I have to be somebody different than, I, who, than who I really am. And, you know, and I think, speaking of, of marketing, the most brilliant marketing is marketing that is just sort of natural and, and I mean, humorous at times, but just, Again, having that conversa- inserting yourself into the conversation somebody's already having, um, and
2: genuine,
0: and genuine, exactly,
2: yeah. So I think one way to sum up all these different points we were talking about in, in terms of putting your marketing hat on and you know conducting the campaign. What I believe is you market yourself by what you're actually doing. Don't just sit there in your at your computer. Do things. So you market yourself by what you're doing, where you're spending your time and effort, how you're describing your work and your volunteer work with enthusiasm, and you use proof points about what others say about you, and you actively help other people, and you tell your true stories. And when all of that is focused on your target of these, say, top eight or ten companies, that you want to go to work at in the job title you want to have, you can imagine how powerful, specific, and likely to succeed it is versus throw it up against the wall and see what sticks or send my resume to everybody in the world. (laughs) The number one way that we're going to get a job nowadays is getting referred into a company. And the number one way we're going to get referred into a company is either by networking, which we've been talking about, or getting informational interviews, which is a form of networking, in order to be able to be more other-oriented and more focused.
1: Yeah, well said, uh-huh. Janet. Uh, um, one thing I'd like to just kind of move into here, uh, you know, using the, the marketing terminology... Um, we've talked about multiple channel strategies, the job board, social media, and so forth. But as far as marketing collateral, um, let's talk a little bit about that and how important consistency in messaging is. Um, you know, when I think of marketing collateral in this job search context, I'm thinking resume and cover letters and your net presence and, and maybe calling cards and anything else here, but um, Either one of you, do, do you have any uh, initial comments on, on marketing collateral? Jerome, you might want to cover the resume part. <laughs> yeah, well,
2: so uh, I, think,
0: I, I think if anything, you know, this conversation is leading us to this, the point of, of making sure um, that we're speaking the language of our target company or target companies and you're going to your see common threads, right? So, you know, all of it is identifying what problems you solve, what skills they want, what product features they're looking for, if you will, and, and speaking to them about how you're the the perfect fit for that. And so it's having a cohesive message, understanding who you are, what you do, what problems you solve, and speaking to that, getting rid of the, the fodder. Anything that doesn't doesn't speak to that isn't necessary. Um, and I think the other thing is being really focused, knowing exactly what you want to do. So having a resume that you know uh, has multiple personality disorder <laughs> uh, is not going to work. You can't you can't be everything to everybody. So you know, um, and I think to Janet's point, you know, understanding what you love, writing the resume for what you love to do. Um, I think that's important too. So. You know, getting into the into the specifics I think is a, another podcast, but I think having that mindset, and I think that goes across everything, LinkedIn, you know, your cover letter. I think a brilliant cover letter is a love letter to the company you're you're hoping to to work for. i um, letting them know again why you want to be a part of their team, what what they do that's of value to you, how how their core values, how their mission resonates with who you are. Um, so that they feel a match, I think those kinds of
1: things. Um. So, uh, Jerome, so let me whole ask you this: conversation
0: has just shifted my my viewpoint on a lot of things. Yeah, go
1: ahead. Yeah, me. well, and and you mentioned cover letter. This is a question that comes up often: should I include a cover letter or should I not? And well, and, you know, I'd be interested yeah, so, in both of your opinions.
0: Well, it's interesting because uh, because I'll go back to a, an experience I had on the job forum uh, when uh, I remember there were two. Um, Janet, you might remember this too. It was one of our dinners and there were two uh, recruiters from Charles Schwab and we were talking about cover letters. And it was interesting because one of the, if I remember correctly, one of the recruiters said, oh, I want a cover letter, I always read them. And the other said, oh, they're not that important, I don't read them. And so it's it's an interesting mix. I think it's part of the process. You should have one and it should be brilliant. Now whether or not someone's going to read it or not, we don't know. But it's part of the process. You should have it. It should be brilliant. It should really, uh, you know, set you apart. Uh, But be careful about including something in the cover letter that's not in the resume because they might miss it. Um, But I think, you know, having an engaging cover letter. I don't like cover letters that start, I'm applying for XYZ job at this company because you're telling them something they already know. Start out with what your best skill is or start out with what you love about the company. Um, Exactly. Yeah. And have it align,
2: have all this marketing collateral align with the two or three core messages you want to convey. And presumably these core messages are the ones you want to convey because you've already done your background research and you know that that's what's going to matter for jobs in the industry or the company that you're targeting now.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm checking the time here, and it looks like it's probably pretty close to – the time for us to wrap up. Um, any last thoughts from anybody before we um, before we do that? Anything we didn't cover that seems like it's relevant? I, I'm thrilled. I think this has been a really awesome conversation.
2: Well, one thing I would add, or two or three or four, we could talk for three hours, is the importance (laughs) of building a book of stories or case histories that you're able to succinctly share. People love stories, and they're a pretty convincing way to demonstrate your strengths to others because they have context, they're memorable. So you could make sure you have a couple, three stories about um, something that you've done that's successful in meeting a job objective or meeting a career challenge, and it has, um, you know, the five essential elements of any good story. You know, there's got to be some characters, the setting, the plot, the conflict, and the resolution. <laughs> to keep the story running smoothly you have to have the action develop in a logical way you know i moved across the country to join a corporation when i got there i was supposed to have the biggest job a couple weeks later i learned they one executive had promised my job to another and they were going to do a reorg they switched me to something less interesting i had to figure out how to address this with humor and yet not accept poor treatment i had to demonstrate my commitment to making a success of the job i got I learned so much about how to be an executive in terms of style. I learned the importance of authentic leadership. You know, whatever it is, that's a quick story, right? Right. Somebody goes, whoa, I wouldn't <laughs> have liked that if that happened to me. So I think the importance of stories comes up a lot in um, when you're doing your outreach, whether it's your networking, your informational interview, or your job interview. Somebody from Autodesk told me the other day, um, she likes to ask people in the virtual interviewing process, um, why do you want to work at Autodesk? And let's all brainstorm what some of the kiss of death answers would be. <laughs> well, it's close to where I live was her favorite. <laughs> Uh, you know really, can you not think of something that would differentiate Autodesk um, and match with your particular skill set as long as you're interviewing with me? So ha- the importance of stories is you plan ahead so that they're ready when you're asked a question and they accomplish the marketing of you.:
1: Straight. Yep. Well, I think that this has been a wonderful conversation and so thankful to have you on this call, Janet, uh, with your background and, and your experience in marketing as it relates to the job search, great insights that you provided here today. I think that if, if anybody and, and all of us who are in job search mode can, can really look at this as a marketing campaign, hopefully you picked up some nuggets today in terms of something you can apply, and maybe some things that you didn't quite think about but are going to be very important, whether it be a needs analysis or the promotion of you, however um, you need to look at it. There, It really is the selling of you. You are selling yourself. You are the product. And if you want to look at yourself like features and benefits, you can do that too. We didn't really talk about that. But you all have features and benefits to your job search. So I hope that you find this Uh, time together, a good use of your time, and something that you can actually apply to your job search. Jerome? I know I
0: did. (laughs) No, it it was great. Um, So, again, thank you so much, Janet, for joining us. And what I would love uh, to do right now is, Janet, to have um, you just speak a little bit about how people can connect with you if what you've shared has resonated with them. And, yeah,
2: So my company is US Marketing Services, and you find us on the web of course at USMarketingServices.com. And that's a a branding and marketing and business strategy company for startups and all the way to large companies. We love to build brands and build teams. So USMarketingServices.com. And then my volunteer work, which you two have been involved in, is thejobforum.org. The Job Forum is an organization that's 69 years old this year, and it is made up entirely, 100% driven by volunteers. It's a nonprofit, and we help job hunters who are looking to conduct an effective, modern job search. We help job hunters become more successful in their job search. And we have free um, meetings every Wednesday evening and every Thursday evening. Wednesday evenings we give tailored customized advice for your particular job search challenges. Thursday evenings we have job skills workshops or industry focused panels where you can network, ask questions, and learn a lot that will help you in your job search. The best way to find out all of our events is to go to the jobforum.org and we have a calendar and quite a um, complete website with a lot of resources as well. So thank you very much for having me. Um, I appreciate being able to talk about marketing and job search.
0: It was our pleasure, Janet. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: So if you want
0: to reach the podcast, you can write to us at uplevelcareers at gmail.com so UplevelCareersplural plural, at gmail.com. The podcast is available on a number of platforms, uh, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, if you're listening to us on any one of those podcasts, please do us a favor, uh, send us comments, uh, rate the podcast, it's a great way for other people to find us, share this podcast with your friends, associates, let people know what we're doing. If you want to reach me, you can find my website at the resume shop inc., spelled ink spelled ink.com and my email address is resumeshopinc at gmail.com. And just remember inc is INK.
1: Wonderful. Janet. Thank you, Jerome. Thank you, Janet. And to reach me, my name is Judson Walsh and my website is careerpathstrategies.com and I can be reached via email at judson, J-U-D-S-O-N, at careerpathstrategies.com. We thank you so much for joining us today. Tell your friends uh, about our podcast. We have uh, various topics over the last 12 weeks or so. This is our 12th podcast and the end of our first season officially, so we'll be starting a new season in our next podcast. But take a look and find the topic that's relevant to you, and listen away. We thank you for being a part of uh, our day today, and we wish you the very best in your career and your job search.
0: Thanks again, Janet, and thanks, listeners, for joining us. Have a great day.